You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're back for another episode of the Saturday Scouting Report. I'm Joe DeLeon with Chris Flum here presented to you by Big Blue View and SB Nation. Today, our prospect that we are going to be discussing with you is Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, another player that has opted out that we are going to break down and discuss. If you missed last week's discussion, on Gregory Rousseau. Be sure to go back and listen to that one. Plenty of great tidbits in there. We've, we have also done Jamar Chase and Minka, uh, uh, sorry, Micah Parsons, not Minka Fitzpatrick. Today's episode, though, Caleb Farley, the very talented corner out of Virginia Tech. This is a very interesting corner group this year because of all the names that are being floated out there. Sean Wade, Patrick Sertain, Now J.C. Horn is starting to get some significant buzz as possibly being a first-round corner. So this this group has a lot of shuffling pieces where a talented corner could end up sliding into the early second round, and Caleb Farley could be one of those guys. He might not be in play for the Giants if they're picking in the top 10, but he could very well make sense if something happens and he slides to the very beginning of the second round. And that, frankly, Chris, I think that he is somebody – the Giants could possibly consider moving up for if he's there at the first pick in the second. Yeah, I could definitely see them making a move like they did for Landon Collins to go up and get Caleb Farley. As you said, there are quite a few really good corners at the top of this draft, which considering the wide receiver classes that have come out the last couple of years, maybe that shouldn't be terribly surprising. You know, college football is getting all of these big athletic guys in and they can't put all of them at receiver you have to imagine coaches will take the ones who maybe aren't so hot catching the ball and move them over to defensive back or these defensive backs start getting a whole lot of practice defending these great receivers and that just helps elevate their games Farley, he is again we're going over the players who opted out of the 2020 season so he doesn't get the tape that some of the other guys are putting out there right now. So that could that could contribute to a slide down draft boards for him. Just kind of an out of sight, out of mind type situation. But he is definitely an intriguing prospect. He's big, he's long, he's relatively new to the cornerback position, but he's really good in press man coverage. And when you have a big, long, athletic press man corner, the NFL loves those guys. Yeah, that's the big thing for me is that he's he's so tall. He's got the length, 6'2", 207. We're seeing more of a transition for corners to have a presence. Um, 
and need to be bigger because of how big and athletic receivers are becoming now. So you can't just have a you know a big corner or a small, shifty, fast one. You need guys that are in between that can cover any type of receiver that you're facing off against. And Farley fits that bill, 6-2-207, as I said. That length has to be the big strength that we talk about here. And, and that is something with any prospect. If you have the length on the defensive side of the ball or in various offensive positions, that gives you an edge. Even if you might not be as technically sound as some other prospects, having extra physical tools can give you an advantage in certain matchups. If you're facing a receiver that has shorter arms or is shorter than you, if you're a guy like Caleb Farley, you can use your arms to keep a strong distance to the guy that you're going up against. Even if he's a little bit faster than you, you can still maintain that level of contact by just reaching your arm out and keeping it on the back of their jersey. So those long arms allow him to do that, allows him to trail guys pretty easily. And also a big thing for me, you see on tape, those long arms allow him to reach out and tip balls if he needs to. Maybe he's not there to make the play immediately as the ball is being caught, but he can reach out and stab his hand through just to knock or poke it free. Yeah, he does do a good job at that. I've noticed he does a pretty good job of watching the receivers and letting their eyes, their heads, their hands cue him to the ball and then reaching out, knocking the ball away at the catch point. I believe he's got uh, 12. Uh, Let me check that real quick. Yeah, he had uh, 12 passes defensed last year in 2019 to go with four interceptions. And for a guy who isn't targeted all that often, he does a good job disrupting the pass. And part of that is because he is a surprisingly fluid mover for such a big corner. Certainly, that that fluid movement is one of the more surprising things for me when I was watching his tape because when you see these taller corners, when you see these guys that are close to, to 6'3", 6'2", there's a tendency for them to be clunky when they're transitioning and also very high in their back pedal, in their drop. We don't see that as much with Caleb Farley. He's a good mover. He's a good athlete. He knows how to properly control his body movements, and he's not out of control. And the big thing for me is that transition. The thing that I always worry about when I see tall corners is is having longer appendages needed when you're trying to flip your hips. I know that sounds crazy, but typically with taller guys, it requires more movement to get your hips around when you're trailing somebody. So he doesn't have that issue. He moves pretty quickly. It's not a, a, a slow, clunky transition. It is a, a fast, fluid movement without having to take very many false steps to maintain good distance with a receiver. Yeah, he really is kind of a click and close cornerback. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't seem to have to really jam a foot into the ground and stop his momentum to change direction. And that really does help him. And he has good long speed. You know, he's got those long legs so he can eat up turf in the open field. He can keep up with bigger, faster receivers, but he also has that quickness to close down, close passing windows, make plays on the ball, or come down hill if it happens to be a running game a running play and make a tackle in the run game and also for me I you see that transition ability being an asset when maybe receiver runs uh, you know a comeback or a, a hitch something quick 
where they plant and come back. He has that uh, the good phrasing there. That's a scouting term of click and close, the ability to quickly transition from one way, coming back the other. It's He's not a guy that can very easily be caught off guard. He is a corner that can plant his foot in the ground and come right back to where he needs to be, limiting any amount of space to create an opening for a receiver. In the NFL, guys only need a couple of yards to make a catch and then get upfield. So he has that closed down speed and also that closed down transition ability. Chris, too, I'd also like to discuss his his trail technique. He has very good trail technique for um, for the type of corner that he is. We, we typically see with these 6-2 corners, their strength being bodying guys at the line of scrimmage. It, their, their goal is usually to shove and, and, and aggressively press receivers by not allowing them to get upfield. I don't think that's really Farley's game. Instead, Farley almost plays like he's a smaller corner where his footwork is good. He's not easily forced into biting on a, a movement from a receiver, and then he transitions strongly like we've talked about into that good trail technique. Yeah, now I would I will say I have seen him use solid jam at the line of scrimmage to kind of disrupt timing, uh, disrupt receivers a little bit. But like you say, he isn't a bully at the line of scrimmage, but he is capable of getting in receivers' hip pockets and staying there. He's he uses his length really well, and he can talk about like catch radius with receivers. Well, he has kind of a, a good catch denial <laughs> radius where he can get in that trail technique or be maybe have a little bit of separation from the receiver, but be in good position and then use his length, use his athleticism, uh, use his quick transitions to close down, uh, close the windows and make play on the ball. And then the last thing I think we, we would like to note before we transition to our commercial break He's much better in man than he is in zone. He's not going to be a, um, a fully faceted corner immediately in the NFL. His strength right now is following receivers one-on-one in man. So he's going to be better suited on a team that likes to, to run a lot of man coverage on the outside, which is not like that's a, a rarity to find in the NFL. There's a lot of corners that make their careers off of being very good man-to-man receivers. It's almost, I would argue, it's not even that easy to find guys that are good man-to-man receivers. So he's going to need to work on and improve his awareness and his ability to play zone. Because right now, I think that's what's holding him back a little bit from pushing him up into a higher conversation uh, in this cornerback class. Yeah, he doesn't have that true scheme diversity yet, scheme versatility. Uh he really is a man coverage specialist right now. And I think that's kind of related to the fact that he is a, he's a converted quarterback. He was a quarterback in high school, at least based on what I was able to find. And I think it's just easier for him to play man coverage. You know, get, this is my guy, stick with him wherever he goes. That way he can use his length. He can use his athleticism. He doesn't have to worry about the bigger picture so much worry about, uh, communication, picking guys up, trading them off, all of the things you have to worry about in zone coverage or off coverages. I think playing man coverage, it, it just keeps him, it keeps the game simple for him as the mental aspect of playing the other co- forms of coverage develops for him. 
But one thing I did notice is that he's actually quite good at avoiding conflicts. I saw him follow, I believe this is a 2018 game, saw him follow a receiver who went on a mesh concept. And normally those are very difficult for man coverage corners to stay with because there's just a natural rub. But he was able to avoid the traffic, avoid the conflict, and stay with his receiver across the field. The tools are absolutely there with Farley. And I would I wouldn't say to the exact extent of Gregory Rousseau, but I would kind of just a, just a little bit compare their type of ceiling to one another, or not ceiling, but the the type of prospect that they currently are. Because like Rousseau, Farley is not as ingrained in the position as you've pointed out, Chris. He hasn't been playing it as long as some other guys have, but he uses his athleticism and his length to make up for some of the more complicated aspects of playing the corner position. It's going to take him some time. He's not going to be an immediate perfect prospect in the NFL. He's not going to be a top five pick like a Jeff Okuda, who is sought after that highly because of how how talented he is. He's going to take a little bit of time, but he has those traits that make him so intriguing as a prospect. We're going to discuss his pro projection. Before we get there, though, we're just going to take a really short break. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chris, for me, I think that Farley's best fit, if he were to come to the Giants, would be playing as an outside corner. I don't really see him as a guy that I would want to play in the slot. He has really good size to play on the outside, and I would love to keep him in as many one-on-one man spots as possible. I think if you start to move him into the slot, that's where things get a little bit sticky, where you might have to have him uh, play a little bit more zone. We've seen the responsibilities for the slot corner so far from Patrick Graham's defense to be pretty diverse. So I would want to keep things as simple as possible for Farley and keep him on the outside covering guys across from James Bradbury. Yeah, that's. I think that's definitely the role he has to play as a rookie and maybe into his second season. But that being said, that's not, that's not a bad thing. Man coverage is very useful at the college level and at the NFL level. It really does allow you to take a receiver out of the game. And even if you have to play more hybrid coverages where, you know, like Bradbury is maybe playing in a zone cover, he's played zone coverage and Darnay Holmes is playing in a different coverage and 
then you just have Farley there playing in just straight up man coverage. You can do that. A couple years ago, the Bears had a very successful defense, basically mixing the coverages to the strengths of their corners. And I think if Farley goes to a defense that either just plays an aggressive man coverage scheme across the board, you know, basically lives in a cover one scheme or perhaps a cover four with some pattern matching where it's basically man coverage on the outside. I think he can be successful right away while he develops the other parts of his game to give him more diversity and versatility. So we've got a number of ranked matchups this weekend that we want to highlight as we typically do. We will point out the the games that we're going to be watching on Saturday for you to view later on in the day. Chris, first one for me, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Now, Iowa State does not have much talent on their roster besides Brock Purdy, but this is still a ranked matchup between two teams. And for me, Oklahoma State, relevant prospects for the Giants. Tylen Wallace, their wide receiver, is somebody to keep an eye on. He's going to be more of a day two, day three receiver, but still has that talented skill set if the Giants did not take a take a receiver early. What uh, what are some of the games that the one game that you're looking at, Chris? Well, I I think the game I'm looking at is the game pretty much everyone's going to be looking at this weekend, and that's uh, Michigan Minnesota at 7:30, the evening game. That game is going to have players on both sides of the ball. Aiden Hutchinson, who's kind of ta- who's kind of taking that anchor spot along the Michigan defensive line. He's a big edge, I think 6'5", 275, something like that. He could play a lot of roles for the Giants' defense. Uh, he could be a defensive end in four-man fronts. He could play the five-technique, four-technique, three-technique. He could do a lot of things for the Giants' defense. And also uh, Rashad Bateman on the Minnesota offense, a big, good wide receiver is a thing the Giants have needed for a while now. Yeah, there are a ton of talented prospects in this game. Even if you're just not a fan of either team and you want to tune in, pay attention to any of those names that we've brought up because there, there is these are all guys that are considered to be uh, day one, day two prospects. So keep an eye out for those players. Last game that's worth noting, SMU-Cincinnati. I know this one is not exactly an SEC matchup, but it still is a, a you know a big game between two ranked opponents in the American Conference. The winner of this is going to push themselves forward into high contention for ranking. Right now, Cincinnati at 9, SMU still in the top 20. So if, if they're able to pull off that upset, they would pretty much catapult themselves close to that top 10 range. That's going to be it for this scouting report episode. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Be sure to head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis, and also follow us on social media at BigBlueView.com. Also follow um, me on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. Follow Chris at RaptorMKII. Also head to our YouTube channel. Uh, Just search BigBlueView for tons of amazing New York Giants content. Thank you, folks, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.